Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, January 22nd, 2024. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going this week? Very good. Thank you, Graham. I got to say, I am, uh, I'm already ready for spring, but uh, you know, but in the meantime, this is going to be a very exciting week this coming week because, as you know, ClearAdmit's having a little bit of a team event. We're going to do some um, strategic planning, and I'm actually um, going to go to the U.S. for that. So by the time this airs, I'll be in, in the U.S., and um, I'm going to be uh, also there to celebrate my mom's 80th birthday. So I'm actually really looking forward. My sister and I have been doing all this planning, so I want to give a shout-out to my mom for her 80th. Uh, hopefully the party goes well. We'll see. <laughs> no, fantastic. Congratulations to your mom. Yeah. Um, so what's going on this week in stuff that people are interested in, like business school related admission stuff? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're starting to see um, interview invites coming out to, from the programs that roll them out over mm-hmm. a period of time. Um, and we've seen you know, quite a few, well, a, a few in, invites coming out for Stanford, Yale's another one that's always early with interview invites um, and several other schools. Um, you know, you've got programs like Harvard and Wharton Booth or whatever that wait, wait till a specific date to release them all. Um, those schools aren't ready yet. Yeah. But those that trickle them out, um, there's lots of speculation that maybe they just look at some quick stats to get the real high caliber um, profiles into the interview um, process quickly, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, um, so so we're seeing that the 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 actual round two deadlines for for all the top programs at this point have have, have passed. Yeah. So and I, you know it's funny I was actually so uh, well a handful of days ago I was I was at INSEAD um, just for some meetings and stuff and I always like to you know drop in on schools when I can and so I went out to INSEAD and it happened to be their round three deadline day which was last week right so you you know. Um, you know, I think you had mentioned that that deadline was upcoming in our last episode. And so I was there and they were kind of, it's funny, they um, obviously they didn't know the numbers yet because it was middle of the day when I was there or whatever, but it was just fun to see them. It was almost like, um, you know, kids on Christmas morning, like wanting to know, like what's, <laughs> how many candidates are they going to get? What's, what are things looking like? And so that, that was kind of cool to hang out a little bit with the admissions team um, and see that in action. Uh, and obviously their campus, I don't know if you've ever been, um, Alex, but the Fontainebleau, campus in France here is really pretty amazing. So it's a, reminds me of like a talk, you know, it's like off in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that nervous excitement though on, yeah. on round days, totally. like, all right, how are we doing this year compared to last year? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, other stuff going on this week, aside from my mom's birthday, is that we're running an event on Wednesday. So Wednesday, January 24th, from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, we're going to sit down with students from, uh, uh, what is it, University of Washington Foster, Dartmouth-Tuck, uh, Georgetown McDonough, and NYU Stern. And you can go to bit.ly forward slash CA Real Humans to sign up. Uh, for that event. Should be a lot of fun. It's just kind of an ask me anything where you can ask these current students what life is like in their programs and maybe any admissions tips they want to share. And then in February, we're going to have a whole slate of deferred enrollment and master's in management events with some of the best schools in the world, including Harvard and Wharton and Kellogg and Booth. So lots to come there. Stay tuned. Alex, on the website... Uh, we actually did a Real Humans with a school located in uh, England, uh, Manchester uh, Alliance Business School. We connected with six students from Manchester. I don't know if you know this, you must know this, but um, 
Do you know what the first two business schools that were ever created were in the UK? London and Manchester. Yeah. Do, do you know why? I, I don't know if you know the story behind this. Um, well, it was a government mandate. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. Not sure exactly why. Obviously, Manchester is considered to be the birthplace of the sort of industrial revolution. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So basically, some, from what I understood, yeah, the government, and I think in concert with the, the Queen, um, mandated that there needed to be two business schools yeah. created. And they had one, they wanted one in the north, which was Manchester, and one in the south, which was LBS. So, and that's why LBS sits on some land that belongs to the to the royal family um, in, in London. So in any event, um, I digress. But so we, the, the I guess the MBA program at Manchester, they're about 96 students a year. So very small, 46% women, 94% international. So that tells you how um, they, they just get people from all over the world. And so we talked to six students and I just wanted to read a quick quote. Uh, we connected with Charlotte, who is from Oslo originally. And she, I picked her because she um, is a digital marketer, um, which I know might appeal to you, Alex, given your interests. And she said that she'd reached a point, she says, I reached a point in my career where I recognize the need to upskill myself to create new opportunities, which is why I decided to attend business school now. I also wanted to fast track my career and enhance my skill set. I took a pre-MBA course prior to deciding, which helped me get a sense as to whether or not an MBA was something for me, which it definitely was. I recommend that if you're unsure if an MBA is something for you, just go take a class. It made me feel more secure in my decision. So I don't know what she took, um, but that's an interesting way to kind of explore management education is to just take something online or, you know, I don't know how she did it. But anyway, interesting advice from Charlotte, who's currently at Manchester getting an MBA. Yeah, no, I think that makes um, perfect sense. And I'd also say, I mean, digital marketers and, and those that have lots of experience and expertise in digital marketing, it's absolutely fantastic, but oftentimes they get caught so much in the tactical weeds um, that, that it's really good for them to actually have a much more sort of robust, I think, strategic overview and insight in terms of how the business runs. So, yeah. so it makes makes really good sense. Yeah, definitely. So, and there were five other students we talked to at Manchester. So if you're at all interested in um, Manchester's MBA program, which I think is kind of an unsung, you know, hero. I mean, it's a really good MBA program and, you know, people talk a lot about LBS and stuff, but Manchester is great. It's a part of a really big prestigious university. And so um, you can learn more by reading on our website. We also connected with, and this was really interesting. We connected with Arnie Longboy, who as part of an admissions director Q&A series that we run, and he is now the director, executive director, of admissions for NYU Stern's Abu Dhabi program. And I say it's interesting just because Arnie, uh, as you may recall, used to work at London Business School. Um, he was like David Simpson's boss, um, running kind of overseeing admissions for, I think, many of, if not all of their um, admissions programs, right? So um, so he's left LVS, gone to Stern, and we had talked on the show about how Stern has launched this one-year MBA in the Middle East. And, you know, just kind of, um, I think, I, I want to say Arnie was actually at Chicago Booth before that. So he He's now, you know, worked at three pretty big time um, MBA programs. And in the interview that we did with him, he just sort of explains further like what this is, this one year MBA in the Middle East um, in Abu Dhabi at NYU Stern's campus there. And he says, students will graduate with a fully accredited New York University diploma jointly conferred by NYU Stern School of Business and NYU Abu Dhabi. Graduates will therefore be considered alumni of both 
NYU Stern, and NYU Abu Dhabi. Those joining us in January of 25 will be part of the first cohort of this program. As such, the best fit will be those students who are not only academically qualified, but who also get excited by the potential of creating traditions for future intakes, and in general, have a growth mindset or are intent on developing one. So just kind of interesting, he's, you know, settling into that role and I guess they're going to admit their first class for that'll start about a year from now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd be really interested to see what the class profile looks like for that type of program. Yeah, same. I mean, I assume it'll be pretty regionalized, yeah. but, um, you know, yeah, just interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And then the last thing I wanted to mention on the website is we connected with three, we did this article called Tuck and Finance and it's, it just, um, we talked to like three different Tuck grads who are all working um, in investment banking at some of the big names. I've now totally forgotten which banks they're at, but they were, you know, the ones that you hear people talking about. And, you know, just, I, I learned that like a quarter of folks who graduate from Tuck um, are actually starting careers in finance, um, which we probably reported on that somewhere when we went through their <laughs> careers report, but I was reminded of that fact. And mm. and so it's just um, it's kind of interesting to hear how all these, um, not only how their jobs are going, but also like that transition from Hanover to New York City. Um, so big, <laughs> you know, co coming from the country to the city. So you can read that on our website as well. And then Alex, I know you picked out candidates and we've got some really interesting um, debates and dilemmas to, to go over, but I did want to mention we got a review. So I don't know if this was, remember we got kind of coal in our stocking over Christmas and then we got an email, a really nice email from someone named Charlotte. And then um, we just got a review. I don't know who it's from, but um, their handle is is Ranger 3291, and they um, titled the review, Eager to Listen Every Monday on My Drive to Work. Um, and it says, uh, Graham and Alex provide the latest information on business schools and provide invaluable insights for potential applicants. I love their takes on each unique candidate they profile as it gives me a look into the stats and backgrounds of the applicants I'm applying with. I really appreciated their review of my profile this past summer as they provided me with great insights into how I should bolster my strengths and address my weaknesses. Keep kicking on, guys. And that's signed Ranger3291. So there you go. Another review, Alex. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you very much, um, um, yeah, for that. And, and yeah. I think that the assessment of, of why they like the show um, fits with what we're trying to do, right? So um, yeah, totally. So 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 yeah, and good luck to them. Hopefully, they've got some good news. They didn't actually um, include that in, in their review. <laughs> in the review. So, yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that they. Well, maybe they apply in round one or two, so we don't know yet. But yeah, yeah. Um, best of luck to them, and thanks for for writing that review. If you want to send us um, any kind of uh, emails or anything at all, info at clearadmit.com is the address to use. Use the subject line wiretaps, and then yeah, again, please remember to rate and review us wherever you're listening. Alex, do you want to get into the candidates now? Let's kick on. All right. So this is Wiretaps candidate number one. So our first candidate this week is targeting five schools. Um, those schools are Berkeley, Duke, Oxford, UT Austin, and Yale. Um, this candidate has actually um, been a teacher, uh, teaching English, uh, linguistics, and literature. Um, if I remember correctly, or it kind of, maybe it's English as a second language. We'll get into the details. But so an English teacher, this is a woman based in Vietnam. Uh, she has a 3.30 on the GRE and a 3.6 GPA, has been working for four years, and that work has all happened, it seems, in Vietnam. Um, went to uh, a top university in Vietnam, made the dean's list all four years, 
uh, obviously that GRE score 330, you know, is a it's a 164 quant, 166 verbal. She mentioned she's open to retaking. I don't know. I mean, I'll get your take on that in a second. Um, also, uh, does a lot of other things outside of work, uh, youth parliament program, um, you know, mentored uh, children in a SOS Children's Village when she was an undergrad, um, a teaching assistant at her alma mater, and, you know, a lot of mentoring. And then doing a lot of, um, did a lot of part-time English teaching and then, you know, currently it sounds like it's been mostly working with international NGOs and state agencies, a lot of translating um, and editing, uh, you know, did some work for BCG even. But it seems like most of this is like, it, you know, she says currently teaching English in a rural province as a Teach for Vietnam fellow. Um, and, and so there's a lot of kind of English language teaching and translating in her kind of work experience background. She'll have four years by the time of matriculation and wants to focus on how her background as a translator and teacher has made her more cognizant of educational inequity and thinks that maybe the MBA could equip her with hard analytical skills to help the kind of philanthropy industry, if you could call it that, um, kind of scale their impact. So working with you know philanthropic organizations and stuff. So Alex, I'm gonna stop there. One thing I did wanna ask you very directly though, she says, she wonders if she's overrepresented as a female Vietnamese candidate. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that, but also just what do you make of her profile and, and her school selection? Yeah, I don't think she's overrepresented at all, whether it's by um, geography, by ethnic, you know, citizenship, um, by gender, and certainly not by um, experience and life experience and so forth. So I, I certainly wouldn't um, be concerned with that at all. I love this profile, quite frankly. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's very non-traditional in terms of she's a lot of experience um, teaching um, and translation work and so forth. She's got a good academic profile, um, I would assume, 3.6 GPA. She did really well on the GRE at 3.30. Um, and she has a really interesting plan. She's identified an issue um, you know, as, as you quoted, I think she's worked as well for, with well-intentioned philanthropists who want to address um, this problem, i.e. educational inequity, um, but are otherwise limited by a lack of coordination collaboration. So, so she sort of identified herself to fill this gap and it seems like this could have a lot of impact um, and, and she's passionate about it. A lot of things that she's doing is related to that. She's going to get Rex from the CEO of that, her firm, her direct supervisor and so on and so forth. Um, I, I really love this candidate, Graham. I, I think she's going to come, come across um, as a very interesting candidate. Um, and. Frankly, I think she needs to um, target some, some, you know, M7 programs. Yeah, I, I agree. So one of the things in the comments, you know, you had a little bit of an exchange with her on the website. And, and one of the things, you know, you mentioned, gee, are, are you aiming high enough? Um, and, and she said, oh, I don't have much of a business or consulting background. And so I think I'm aiming too high. Yeah. Right. And I think we need to really try to um, dispel that myth. So I, I could not agree with you more that, first of all, academically, very qualified, 3336. Um, you know, could she take business fundamentals or some one of these courses to prove kind of quantitative um, 
competency or bolster that, sure, wouldn't hurt. Um, but otherwise, I have no concern academically about this candidate. Um, and I agree with you. Work experience, incredibly interesting and and very differentiated. I will say for the career goals, I think she's she's not, a, by the way, I didn't mention because she didn't in, indicate in her thing um, when she's applying, but in the comments she later shared that she's really not looking to apply for another year or two. So she has a lot of time to shape her candidacy. Now, if I were her, I would apply next fall. Um, in round one, because I think, you know, she will by then, unless, well, she says four years of experience, maybe she's already counting ahead to two years from now, but whatever the case, I think she could apply in a year's time. Um, I mean, and I feel like she could aim very high. And, and so I I think she needs to figure out the goals though. Like I, I think the long-term goal of helping, uh, philanthropic organizations to, you know, um, really deliver on their mission and using kind of business analytics and, and things to, to do so great. But in the short term, what does that look like in terms of a concrete job? Is it working for a consulting firm that does a lot of work with nonprofits and, and kind of social impact type stuff? That's probably what it is. But anyway, she needs to sort of flesh that out. But to me, this candidacy potentially has like, you know, whatever, Harvard, Wharton, um, you know, any of the top schools in the world on the list. I mean, I, I, that's how I would look at it. Yeah. And my response to her when she said, I, she says, I think I may be aiming too high. I don't have much consulting business background. My response was directly, rather than worry about lack of consulting business background, focus on developing your leadership opportunities. Mm-hmm. Do you, you want to comment on that remark, Graham? I mean, to me, that's the way to look at it. Yeah, I really, in fact, I mean, I got to say, when I was reading Files at Word, and like this kind of candidacy is really refreshing. And the only thing that sometimes would worry me would be if they didn't have like the academic chops, but here, right. you know, three, six, three thirty. I mean, I'm not worried about that, especially if she were to go out and take a business fundamentals or MBA math or something. Um, and then when the leadership, I mean, yeah, I think I, I don't really care if she's working at BCG or at, um, you know, teach for Vietnam. What I care about is what sort of opportunities has she had to impact the organizations she's been involved with. And so, yeah, just taking on leadership opportunities and it doesn't, yeah, this is a common, I think it's a common mistake that's made by candidates who are non traditional is that they really underestimate their chances in an MBA. And the beauty of the MBA is that it's sort of for all comers. You know, it's not really, um, while it does appeal to, you know, obviously the bankers and the consultants, it really, these programs are for everyone. Um, So she has, I think she has a great chance of getting into a top school and I would encourage her to, yeah, just keep working on her candidacy leadership and, and, you know, her goals and then probably apply maybe next year or or maybe the year after if she wants to, but yeah. um, very yeah. good. So yeah. All right. So let's move on. Um, I want to thank her for her post and a great one. I think we have notes. a crush on this candidate, Graham. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. No, I just think she's going to do well. Um, yeah. So yeah. in any event, yeah. Thanks for picking that one out. Uh, let's move on though and talk about Wiretaps candidate number two. So our second candidate is looking to start in 25, so probably not applying until next season, round one or something. They've been working in finance, and they're not exactly sure what they want to do after business school. Um, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, they have 12 schools on the target list, and it's you know Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Duke, Harvard, HEC Paris, INSEAD, LBS, NYU, uh, Rotman in Toronto, and then Chicago Booth and Yale. So a long list of schools at this point, um, but they're still a year plus out from applying probably. They have a 730 on the GMAT and a 3.2 GPA. They have only been working for two years at this point, um, which is why they're not applying right now. They're located in India. 
and they mentioned that they double majored in math and econ from one of the best public universities in the United States. Their overall GPA was a little above 3.2. Their economics GPA was 3.7. They also said they hold a master of science degree in economics from a top 10 university in the UK, and it's a top 25 university in the world. And they, in that um, master's degree, they earned a first class honors with distinction, and they're currently working in risk management um, in finance. So Alex, I'll turn this over to you. This is an interesting candidate that they're a little bit younger. They are in India, presumably Indian, but have done a lot of studying in, in the US and UK. So yeah, what do you make of this candidacy? Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be a little bit concerned about potentially being overrepresented in the pool, which means effectively to target the first round of, of in the year that they're applying. Mm-hmm. Um, so they know that um, now, so that should be fine. Um, their, their academic record is a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, I, I don't think a 3-2 um, GPA at the undergrad level um, for, from the U.S. Is, is outstanding, especially for the schools that they're targeting. Um, obviously, getting a, a, a master's degree with a first-class uh, first honours distinction um, is, is going to help elevate that a little bit. And their GMAT is 730 is definitely... Um, at the median or for, for all the programs are applying, I think, pretty much. Um, so, 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 so I think that's fine. My biggest concern with this candidate is their length of work experience. So because I think they did a master's, they prob- that's probably shrunk their work experience. So they're currently at two years. Um, maybe that's at three or four years by the time they apply and matriculate. Um, but that then correlates with this idea that they don't have a really good post-MBA plan. And we see that with candidates that are younger or, 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 or have less experience. They, they, might want to, they might know what they don't want to do, i.e. what they're doing now, but they don't know what they want to do. But, and they'll use the MBA to try to discover that. So for, for applying for the very top schools, they really need to have, have thought through that plan much more effectively. Um, so, so you know, the nice thing is they've got a lot of time um, now to really do a, a, a real sort of deep analysis to figure all that out. They make a remark um, that they might, you know, they might want to continue on in finance, just not in the um, area of risk in which they're in now. Um, but they might also want to um, do something different related to environment and s- sustainability. Now, obviously, that's very sort of topical now um, in, in, in the world in which we live. Um, but I would then push back to say, well, what, did, what, what sparked your interests in the environment and s- s- sustainability? What have you done in that sphere to date that has stimulated a potential interest. And if there is something there, and they have already done maybe some volunteer work or some some other work related to the environment that they want to um, refocus on, I think that that would be great. And I would also spend the next year or so as they prepare their applications, um, getting more involved, whether it's in their extracurricular activities or whatever, in that area. but yeah, I think my biggest concern, Graham, is this might well be a super smart candidate, but have they figured out their plan yet? Are, are they going to be able to really deliver a, a strong um, application for themselves? 
Yeah, I agree. They just have some work to do when it comes to, like you say, continuing to stay active outside of work, um, figure out that career path and what the goals are because they need to be specific. Yeah. And then, you know, they are going to be, I think they are going to be potentially overrepresented. And, and while they did go to one of the best public universities in the U.S., a 3-2 is a 3-2 and it's yeah. not, you know, it's, and, and I think, you know, it sounds like they had a challenging, you know, major in stuff, math and econ, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I would like to see, I mean, if I were, what do you think about the GMAT? They have a 730. Um, for some of the schools they're applying to, in fact, many of them, that's kind of just average, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what some of these schools are reporting as their average. And so given that their GPA is low, I mean, would you recommend that while they're kind of you know, working on their applications that they take another stab at, at the test? I think it's possible. It, it, it would depend to me how much work they put in to get that 730. Mm -hmm. If they just took it and, and that's what they got and it's hit the average, so therefore it's fine, then, yeah, maybe um, put some effort into it and make it one of those ridiculously incredible scores right? Um, to help counteract a little bit that 3-2. Yeah. But, I, you know, getting that master's degree also helps in this sort of um, calculus True. here in terms of... They, I think they can show... Well, certainly they can show that they're smart enough to, to handle the rigour of the curriculum. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, 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 yeah... Having an outstanding GMAT is never going to hurt. Right. And I think you're making a very good point. I mean, clearly this person's qualified. Like yeah. I'm not looking at that 730 saying, oh, I don't know if they can handle the curriculum. They have, you know, first class honors and their masters. And yeah. it's more starting to play the stats game a little bit. Um, so, but in any event, yeah. So I think, you know, hashing out their goals um, and you know, staying active outside of, outside of work, get, getting their stuff together. And they have time because they're not going to apply until, well, I guess the earliest would be next fall, um, potentially later right. than that. So we'll see how things yeah. evolve. But I think a lot of these are kind of classic things that you would see with someone who's early in the process and, and, you know, kind of not yet fully formed their ideas. That's why yeah. they have a large target school list, et cetera, which I assume they'll whittle down as well. So. Um, all right. Well, thanks for picking that one out. I want to thank them for sharing their post. Uh, let's move on, though, because we have a doozy of a, <laughs> of a, of a final uh, candidate to discuss. So this is Wiretap's candidate number three. All right. So this, Alex, you picked the decision wire entry. Um, and as usual, it's a candidate who's undecided. OK, so this person applied to Babson, Dartmouth, Duke, Georgetown, Harvard, uh, Kellogg and UNC, oh, as well as Boston University. Um, and they're going to start school this coming fall. They uh, aren't exactly sure what they're going to do after business school. I think they're, they're planning on kind of staying in their current career, but um, moving, I guess, well, they want to pivot into like a marketing position, it sounds like, but they didn't give us a lot of specifics there. Maybe they did in some of the comments below, but in the, in the entry, it's a little bit <laughs> ambiguous. Their GRE score is a 316 and their GPA was a 3.4. This person is located in Boston. Um, so, so I mentioned where they applied. Here's what happened. Okay. They got into Babson and Babson is actually giving them $91,000. Um, they also got into Georgetown. And at Georgetown, they got a $60,000 scholarship. Uh, they got into UNC Keenan Flagler also with a 60 grand uh, scholarship. And then they were also given a $90,000 scholarship at BU, um, which was the other school they'd applied to. So um, pretty good results and a fair amount of money on the table. But here's where things get complicated. So in the notes, this candidate writes, I live with my husband and two young kids about 10 minutes away from Babson. It would cost me $23,000 to go to Babson. I'm 35 
and I'm only looking to use the MBA to pivot into a marketing position for the next 10 years before I scale back. BU is the other school that I got into and I would have to pay about 40,000 to go there, so a little bit more than Babson. It's a better program in my mind, but it's a messy commute. So I guess they live further from BU. And then she says, or we'd reluctantly move to attend UNC or Georgetown, but would return to Massachusetts after the MBA. So Alex, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here between you know young kids uh, wanting to go back to Boston, uh, having some offers in Boston, and then the scholarship money. So yeah, how do you make sense of this this, this dilemma? Yeah, I mean, this person looking to pivot into marketing. So I would really look at um, BU and and Babson and look at their career reports. Maybe talk to some alums to see if they're doing what 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 she wants to do. Um, to me, I wouldn't even look at McDonough and Keenan Flagler in this case. And, and the reason why I like this case and, and wanted to highlight it is it's a clear example of where, you know, whilst we talk about tiers and, and the importance of tiers, um, each individual candidate's personal circumstance can definitely divert the, the decision that, such that a, a lower tiered program does actually make much better sense. So they want to remain in Boston. Um, post MBA, they're in Boston. That's where, and 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 it's, it's a family decision. So you'd be uprooting not just yourself, but your partner, your kids, and so on and so forth. So I think for all those reasons, um, I, I would focus much more heavily on on my decision on 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 Babson and and BU, um, and and really examine which is best going to allow them to pivot successfully into marketing and and you know they they also they only want to work you know for, for, for 10 years post post mba um you know before they start scaling back so these are other factors to take into consideration um and and so forth yeah i mean babson looks like you know it might be the best option in this case but i would scrutinize what sort of marketing roles are, are, are being had by mm-hmm. folks coming out of Babson? And if they are at the level and, and, and so forth that, that, that they're seeking, why not? Yeah, so I... Okay. I, don't, I don't know what a messy commute is, though. If it's just another 10 minutes further, I would really focus hard on Boston University. Yeah, so I... Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that... And, and you know, the, just for fun, right? But I, I think... Um, so, so one thing that's jumping out at, at me is this idea of, um, you mentioned you wouldn't even consider Georgetown and UNC, and I'm going to just kind of go against that and say, you know, I wonder if moving the family to a place like Chapel Hill for a two-year adventure, um, you know, MBA programs, especially programs in kind of settings like a Chapel Hill, I think are really great at fostering community. And so this would be kind of an adventure for the family. Um, hopefully the spouse, the husband could find work in the research triangle area, which, you know, maybe that, or maybe just work remote um, back up to Boston. But I'm just thinking like, it could be a really interesting adventure and it would definitely accelerate the career and give, you know, kind of give her more of the kind of skills that maybe she's looking for. Um, I'm a little more hesitant on Georgetown only because if cost is a factor, like DC is very expensive, it's an urban setting. And so there'd be more challenges even for the kids' education. I mean, there's a lot of things that would happen that might be different in a place like Chapel Hill. So, I mean, just again, I recognize that for this person, 
if they really are only going to work for 10 years after business school, maybe, and they want to be in Boston, maybe it makes sense to stay local. These schools like Babson and BU have phenomenal local networks. So I get that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm also just thinking of the, the the prospect of an adventure as a family, being becoming part of a true kind of MBA program community that's close knit and the kind of connections and things that that could lead to that would open up a whole host of new doors and things. So again, I think you're probably right that she, she's probably going to go to Babson or, or BU. I'm going I'm to provide the counterpoint to that. <laughs> the alumni networks of Babson and, and, and Questrom are going to be much stronger in, in Boston than Keenan Flagler's. And they want to be in Boston. If they want an adventure, then go on a month's holiday somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then you, so you're raising a really good question is like, what about, what about the Georgetown network and how does, you know, does Georgetown have a better network? But yeah, it, it's, it's challenging. I get, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think if they're dead set on spending the rest of their lives in Boston, then, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I just... What do you got against Boston, Greg? Oh, no, I don't, actually. I would <laughs> I would probably prefer to live in Boston than in, in you know, North Carolina. I'm or something. But I, I just, yeah, you know, yeah. I just was yeah. trying to... Well, I'm trying to, you know, create debate here, Alex. We're trying to spice things yeah. up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you're, trying to get this, you're trying to get this show to go on for 40 no, minutes no, no. again. I think we can wrap this up and say it's Babson versus question. Yeah, I think you're probably right. But anyway, it's good for... I just think it's important to kind of consider all these points. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm sure you picked this out. Like, such an interesting dilemma, not the usual kind of decision wire posts that we see. And, and and it raises a really good point that, yeah, it doesn't always come down to prestige or, or tier or ranking yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, or even scholarship dollars. Um, so in any yeah. event, um, thanks for picking these out along with the, you know, I mean, all these candidates were great as usual. Uh, let's connect in one week's time. I guess I'll be in America. So we'll have to figure that out uh, and we'll, we'll do it all over again next week. Brilliant. Best of luck, everyone. Stay safe.